good evening and welcome to Inside Parliament. We're coming to you live from the TVNZ newsroom on a Thursday night after a big poll result. Uh, there is a leaders debate on as we speak and I am joined by the wonderful Jessica Much, who, um, good evening to you. Good evening to you as well. Who, of course, um, we work together in the gallery. You are a former press gallery reporter of many years and so it's been fantastic to have Jess uh, out on the campaign trail. She's been chasing Winston Peters around the traps and getting involved and getting her hands well and truly into this uh, fantastic campaign that we have. All right, well, let's kick off with that poll result and then we'll come back for some analysis. Here are the details. Tonight's poll was taken between Saturday and last night, so takes in the latest twists and turns in this election campaign. Now, Labour soared into the top spot last week with a shock 43% result, and that is where it remains tonight. But look at this, National falling back two points to 39%, the first time it's been under 40 since 2005. New Zealand First, meanwhile, is on the rise, up one point this poll to 9%. The Greens are also hanging in there at that 5% mark, which would see them back in Parliament. As for the other miners, the Māori Party is up one point this poll to 2%. Top has also rebounded slightly, up one to 2%. Act, meanwhile, is at just 0.1% this poll. So what does it look like when it's converted into seats in Parliament? Well, Labour would have 53 seats and could form a government with New Zealand First's 11 seats alone. It could also, however, get there with the Greens' six seats and the Māori Party's two seats. National, on the other hand, would have 48 seats and could not get there with just New Zealand First's 11. They would also need the Māori Party's two seats. Meanwhile, in the leadership stakes, Jacinda Ardern also remains in the lead, up 1.35% this poll. Bill English, however, has slipped down 2 to 31. Winston Peters is up 1 to 5% this poll. So, a bit of a trend, according to our two uh, polls, our most recent polls, Labour under Jacinda Ardern is looking strong. So there we have it, a pretty interesting result. Of course, Katie and Andrea are out in the field uh, at the moment. So Jess, what do you make of that? Two weeks in a row. Yeah, later. and I think that's what makes this poll really interesting, is that we've seen our two in a row, Colmar Brunton, showing that Labour is ahead, and that's what's fascinating. The other point, because I've been with Winston Peters, maybe I'm looking at this um, through a different tint, but the fact that it could be New Zealand first and Labour going it without the Greens, I think that's really interesting as well, and that's reinforced that whole idea. I think that's a good point too. I think th this poll has actually thrown up a number of really interesting um, scenarios. Now we can sometimes dig down a bit deep in the weeds here because this poll result is bouncing around and these sorts of things. But it, it shows that option, and I think that's a pretty likely option for Labour if they're in that position, to go with New Zealand First alone if they can. But it also shows that they could go with the Greens and the Māori Party. Now, the Māori Party and the Green, and especially the Greens are quite keen to talk about that, but I'm not quite sure that Labour is. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's another option for, for them. Having options post-election is the whole point of this, and this is what makes it really fascinating. The fact that they may not have to negotiate with Winston Peters, who is notoriously difficult to negotiate with post-election, yeah, would be amazing. Away. Yeah, it, it does. And it takes away that whole mantra of king or queen maker that he carries around with him. Now, probably post-election, they're, they're going to need him, or National may need him, and it's probably going to go that way. But it's just really interesting looking at these numbers and having a look at those possibilities. I don't think Labour's going to want it. See, the Greens see this as a lifeline. The Greens are looking at, and, they, and they are, I've heard them say this already, they're going, hey, we can get there with the Māori Party, and James Shaw's saying it's going to be the most progressive government you've ever seen. 
Labour will not want to play that game because they will be scared, they'll be worried that it will scare off those centre-left voters that have come across to Jacinda. And the whole idea of this three-headed monster is I think what's making Labour nervous as well. That whole reputation that you'll have to work with three parties, negotiate with three parties, and having two well, minor parties. That, ad that, that, that National was running. For Absolutely. A while, it was irrelevant. Absolutely. And if they could just have one other party, whether it be New Zealand First or the Greens, if that's a possibility, that plays much better with their supporters as but well. But here's the interesting thing if you take these numbers as well, National plus New Zealand First plus the Māori Party can get there. So actually, to be fair, on these numbers, technically, it is the Māori Party that is the kingmaker here. Yeah. So that is pretty... Well, I mean, granted, Winston would have to be involved. And that's what makes those Māori seats so fascinating, because if they get two seats or four seats, wow. that yeah. puts them in a very different position post-election. Yeah, and we don't know... I don't, I, there's not a lot of clear data about you know, polling data about what's happening in those Māori seats. Is Tamati Coffee potentially going to upset to Uruau Flavel? Is Howie Tamati going to win against Adrian Ruafai down in Te Tai Haoru? So, you know, the Māori Party situation is very, very interesting, but this will be, they'll be really encouraged by results like this because it, they will be able to sell that idea that they can be kingmaker. Yeah, and there's a lot of chatter going around from both sides about who can, who can get there and, and who won't, but we've got to keep an eye on those on election night. That'll be fascinating. We also saw in the preferred Prime Minister numbers that um, Jacinda Ardern has moved well three or four points ahead of Bill English. Now that's quite interesting. Mm. She's still in that upward move and he's gone back a little bit. I think I'm a little bit surprised by that. He's actually performed pretty well, do you think? Yeah, I think so. And I think in those debates, we also saw him coming through as a strong leader and when they were going head to head, um, she had a couple of slips. I guess the thing is as well, what's really interesting is that probably the media and the commentators have a different um, perception of it. We th I think we have different standards for her than we do for him. I think if he's there and he's very leaderly and prime ministerial, we go, yeah, yeah, that's what he should be doing. If she acts that same way, I think a lot of commentators go, wow, that's amazing, she's totally excelled. And I think um, people are now beginning to see that for themselves. And I think the public perception and the commentators' perceptions are, are perhaps a little bit different in it's this. It's an interesting point. And what we've seen, and what the, the message that's coming through from National over the last few days, in my mind, is that, yes, there was the Stephen Joyce stuff, and Andrea and Katie are going to talk more about that. Um, but they are desperate to get the, the debate back onto policy and keep trying to push it back to policy, in particular capital gains tax, those sorts of issues, because they're realising that they, the likability factor for Jacinda Ardern is so strong. Yeah, but so she doesn't have that huge level on all of the policies because she hasn't been she in the job for a long time. Exactly. And that's not, it's hardly even a criticism. I mean, it's incredible I mean, that really she's been there for a month and she's, I think she's obviously surprised a lot of people with how well she has been able to do that. Yeah. And someone who's been doing finance, finance role in Prime Minister for nine years. Yeah, but when we're seeing them standing side by side, that becomes more evident when yep. they're both having to talk policy, so policy. I can, I, I can, I'm coming around to your point of view. I, I can see how, in, in many ways, even though a lot of people would have scored Bill English to, to winning those debates, she won by the nature, by the virtue of the fact that she did match him. Yeah. Yeah, and she was seen... There was no knockout blows. No, and we could see her as being prime ministerial in a way that perhaps we didn't as much I saw one it. moment. I saw one moment in that TV3 debate where I thought she was just starting to waver a little bit and that English had her on the ropes over, I think it was immigration or housing or something, and he was really driving, and he never quite put her away. And um, the fact that she was able to sort of, you know, 
take that and move on out and gather herself and push on through and, mm. and finish the rest of the bait was pretty interesting. Because another big thing that they've been going head to head head to on is this $11.7 billion. Let's have a look at what they had to say on this. Show me the money! Show me the money! They've long questioned Labour's numbers and now National are at it again, hoping to trip them up over their spending plans. We believe that there's a significant hole in Labour's fiscal numbers. I just think he's doing it deliberately as a diversion, it's a stunt, it's the kind of thing you do when you're desperate. The two sides are mostly arguing about the government's operating allowance, money set aside each year for new spending. National says Labour's plan has a $9 billion hole and that could mean higher taxes and higher debt. It's a pretty basic error um, and um, we, when we first found it we were surprised. But Labour says there is no error. That's because they've already assigned the $9 billion to health and education. We've come down to a debate about semantics, about the use of that term operating allowance. Our fiscal plan adds up. We're absolutely clear that we have the money to meet the commitments that we've made. And they are backed by this economist who was hired by Labour to check its figures. The numbers add up um, and so we've got nothing to be worried about. Stephen Joyce says Labour will still have to find extra money. There's generally about a billion dollars or so of additional expenditure outside of education and health that just has to be done over the, you know, as in the course of doing government. But Grant Robertson says it's national who isn't being upfront with its costings. I challenge Mr Joyce, is he going to fund health and education for the cost of inflation and demographic changes? Because if he is, he needs to be upfront with New Zealanders, that's what we've done. Once again, Labour's economic management is to the fore. But this time around, Labour is holding its ground. Andrea Vance, One News. All right, we're going to go to Katie Bradford and Andrea Vance, who have been out on the campaign trail all week for, I guess, a bit of a uh, down-at-the-coalface take on this whole issue of Stephen Joyce. They've been covering this issue and the ins and outs of it. Here they are. Yes, yeah, so the big news is the poll. We just interviewed Jacinda Ardern outside. She's just got the results as well. And I think she probably feels a little more confident. It's our second poll in a row that has her above national. Of course, uh, the momentum for Labour has stalled slightly, but national some points down and you've got to say that has to be down to Stephen Joyce's huge hole that he's dug for himself this week. Literally a hole. Uh, Bill English though, won't, I just interviewed Bill English about this and he's not budging away from that either. I asked if he thought that Stephen Joyce had over-egged that and if that had possibly damaged National and he says absolutely no way. They are just not going to back down from this and I think if they were going to it would have happened by now. Well they, so. can't, they can't, I mean they can't back away from it but God stop talking about it, stop going on radio and, and plugging away at it. I have to say if I was Bill English I'd be furious at Stephen Joyce. There is Bill English out there every day campaigning away out in the regions, battering away with policy announcements, exhausting days and you've got Stephen Joyce who just he's like a dog with a bone, he won't let it go and it's, no. I mean it really is eroded public trust in first of all Stephen Joyce's finance minister but also in Nationals you know the way of campaigning, it looks it looks dirty. Uh, well, I think, and I don't think it's going to have much of an effect in the, in the sense that I think that if you're a national voter and you believe that Labour is bad with finances, you're going to believe Stephen Joyce. If you're a Labour voter, you're going to think that this is just dirty politics, and it's not. I don't think it's going to sway voters either way. And if anything, it may just do the whole thing as we saw last election, and it turns voters off because they don't like this sort of definitely campaign. And it is complicated, and it, I mean, yes, you know, Labour have a point.
Stephen Joyce was wrong about the 11 billion, but when you really dig down into it, there are questions, you know, about their spending, about the slush fund that they have for extra spending. And there are questions still to be answered, but it comes down to the bottom line, Stephen Joyce was wrong. And, you know, Labour are pretty angry about it. So Jacinda will take the opportunity at the debate tonight, if it comes up again, to really hammer, she'll have a big audience, really hammer home the point, you know, that, that their figures are, they're all sweet, they're all good. And I think National has slightly, over the past few days, I've noticed with being with Bill English every day, he's changed the framing slightly, talking more about the fact that they have a zero budget and they haven't told the public that they're not going to have more money going forward. He's talking a lot less about that $11 billion hole as being the matter. The other big issue with this, of course, with the poll, is that the Greens in New Zealand first have really not moving that far and they will both be quite worried about that. I would be, if I was the Greens I'd be very worried on that, I mean 5% gets them back but still sure. it's just, it's real nice and, and they've got a big launch on Sunday, I mean we'll see a lot of the Greens over the weekend however, I mean this, yes it's an MMP election but it really is a first past the post campaign, we are, it's very presidential, we're seeing Bill English versus Jacinda every day and the Greens, it's, it's, a, it's a real problem for them to get traction. Yeah and I think National and Labour's polls from, from what I understand both have um, in Nationals poll, Nationals slightly ahead, Labour's poll, it's about neck and neck. And I don't think that's going to change much. We may see, I think our poll results now are just going to stay quite similar to what we've got. And the Greens really just have to try and get traction if they're going to have a chance. Absolutely. The fascinating thing for me is the position of the Maori Party in all this because... On our numbers, Winston Peter isn't the only kingmaker in this after the election. And we had just ended up in, uh, I was just with her up in Rotorua today. Uh, obviously, they're going hard, hard for those Maori seats, hard in Wairiki. But, um, you know, the Maori Party's position in uh, post election, if they manage to hang on in there, if they manage to stay in Parliament, they could be the king they of Queen. They could be the king of Queen. And it's so fascinating. Yeah. And I think naturally, I think. Marama Fox is number one on the list. So if Teruroa Flavel holds a seat or if Howie Tamati won, what well, some polls say, Marama will be the next MP in. Yep. She is far more naturally suited to Labour than she is to National. Yep. Now, Howie Tamati, I'm not sure of. Teruroa Flavel, I think, can go either way, and he's shown that. But Marama Fox is far more naturally with Labour. There's a lot of, there's definitely a lot of baggage there with Labour, as we know. Kelvin Davis clearly not keen on another alliance, but. In terms of the Greens, I mean, I spoke to the senior Green um, on our last poll, delivered the results on our last poll, and and the first the, the first thing out of their mouths was, oh, well, we don't need New Zealand first on those numbers because it could be Labour, Greens uh, and the Maori Party. So the Greens would definitely prefer that were the alternative, but I guess it gives Labour some choices. And just quickly, how uh, campaigning this week, I think we've been on the road for three weeks now, I don't two even more know. weeks ago, we don't know, we forget what city we're in every day. <laughs> <laughs> but um, how have you, how do you find, because we've been, we've been switching, for those who don't know, basically Andrew and I switch week on, week off um, with Jacinda Ardern and Bill English, which gives us a good way of seeing the, seeing yeah. the campaign. Yeah, it's much it's a much better way of doing it. So I'm I am Team Jacinda this week. You're Team Bill. Um, I mean, I guess in terms of the way the campaigns are, they're sort of structured the same, right? There'll yeah. be a policy announcement. They'll do a bit of a, a walk about, a bit of a visit, um, and they are usually surrounded by their supporters. So, and so don't so be fooled by many selfies. So many everywhere oh, yeah, they go. So many but many the thing selfies. I noticed uh, with Jacinda is there's lots of hugs. As yeah. well, she gets a lot of a lot of selfies, but a lot of hugs. And I have to say, I, I, some of the reporters today were just talking. I think I think we're at that stage in the campaign. We're in a bit of a lull. We're a bit all feel a bit in the, a bit over it. And um, we were just same thing every day. And I think we were just talking about how how as political reporters we become part of the big machine. We got we become you know th these events are completely artificial. They're structured to get airtime, TV time, to get, so that the party leaders can get the messages across. Um, 
and they are generally they are um, the leaders surrounded by their supporters. So those big crowds that you're seeing are not always genuine voters turning up. There are a couple of exceptions, and yesterday I was at the University of Waikato with uh, Jacinda Ardern. The crowds were absolutely enormous, and that was it was genuinely organic. People, people had, were curious. They turned out to see her. They turned out to, to see, what, and there was a bit of celebrity um, following going on there. They just wanted to get a picture taken with, with someone who's in the news a lot. But um, but yeah, it's it's a really fascinating campaign, and, it, and as I said earlier, is a first past the post campaign. And I think they're both very popular. I, they both get a lot of selfies as people. Bill English can't walk without. I've been in so many moves. <laughs> um, you can't walk at all without people turning around wanting to take photos. And 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 one thing I find interesting, and that kind of bugs me in some ways, is that the focus is so much on getting photos and getting selfies that no one is talking to them about policy no. and about issues Absolutely and not, I've been no. standing there every day in malls and cafes and thinking actually I know what Bill English is like and he really likes talking to people about issues mm-hmm. and policy and whether they agree with him or not he'd much prefer to have a chat with them about that rather than this kind of artificial um, you don't get to, they don't get time to have a chat about anything no, it really is just posing don't. for photos and I think as politicians they actually probably do get frustrated by that as well I would think uh, yeah well it's very it's very difficult for them I mean they get their message across in their speech and uh, do you know this I know the stump speech is off by heart yes I can, I can do the lines I can just you can totally know what they're going to say <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but um but they yeah they, there isn't there isn't a lot of genuine mixing with voters as you say it's a lot of selfies and a lot of um orchestrated campaigns um but yeah it's and it'll be interesting to see if that changes over over the um over the next couple of weeks whether they change the way they do it. Bill English seems to pack a lot more into his day than Jacinda Ardern does. Yeah. With Bill you are literally running sometimes to keep up with and him. At least with not having any time to go to the gym yeah. <laughs> means I get to run around all day. I know, exactly. um, and I think on that note I probably have to go get my flight and Andrea needs to run to her next event and uh, we'll keep running the debate. the debate. So uh, and we'll keep running for the next couple of weeks. Thank you. So as you can see there, Katie and Andrea were snatching any moment that they could um, to talk during this very busy campaign trail. We also got a sense from them on the road and what they're doing in cabs and bits and pieces. Have a look at what this is, a day in the life of the campaign. Well it's just after 6am on Wednesday morning and I'm in yet another taxi heading out to the airport. Today's destination is Invercargill via Christchurch. A big part of this job is hurry up and wait. Unfortunately the weather's been a bit rubbish on this campaign trail so my flight was late, I missed the first two events so I'm waiting at at the University of Waikato for Jacinta to arrive. Jacinda mob looks like. We're here at Waikato University and it's another day, another mob. She gets mobbed by people wanting selfies, to talk to her, hugs, lots of hugs. Another way you can tell in Southland, look at the state of this man's car. It is so dirty. Hey, we're on the road again. Um, this time we're heading to Tokoroa, so we've got an hour's drive, about 40 minutes left to go. So we're going to follow Jacinda to a sawmill and handily Bill English is in Vicargill and he is also visiting a sawmill today. Another part of the campaign trail is high-vis vests like these. We wear these so often. So this is to show you just how ridiculous we get to look on a daily basis to bring you the news. A lot of what we also do is stand around and wait. Hey babes. This is, again, waiting, waiting, waiting for the Prime Minister. We have a Prime Minister's press secretary. We have the New Zealand Herald. We have our wonderful cameraman, Ross. 
here we go. Look at all the reporters lining up. So this is another key part of the day on the campaign trail. We're at, we're at another factory visit and we're getting inducted with a 10 minute safety visit. And as you can see, the rest of the media crew are So the Prime Minister is now having his lunch at a motorcycle cafe uh, here in Invercargill. Now, uh, I think I'm the only one here not eating cheese rolls. And here's the even more glamorous part of the job. I am writing my script in a car, in a car park at a factory. So hopefully I've got a couple of hours and I'll make it on air at six o'clock. And finally, after a very long day, uh, it's now 8 p.m. and I am in Christchurch for the night. And that's how a campaign day wraps up. Um, up again early tomorrow morning for an a very rushed morning of activities with the Prime Minister. He's got four events again at factories and cafes uh, on Thursday morning uh, before he then gets ready for a big debate down here in Christchurch. So another big issue this week was Gareth Morgan. He was fighting to get into that minor leaders debate. He wanted his seat at the table. He took TVNZ to court. Of course, the decision on that was no, he would not be included. Here's how that played out this week. Multi-party leaders debates are seen by small political parties as a crucial chance to get their message across to a mass audience. But calling a vote for your party is a wasted vote. No, it's and not. Frankly, no, it's it is not. Seriously wasted no, it vote. is not. And as a new player, the Opportunities Party wants to be on that big stage. TVNZ does have the biggest coverage, um, so, you know, just on those grounds alone. However, at 1% in our latest Colmar Brunton poll, Top isn't at this stage polling high enough to get an invite to the debate or a TVNZ Young Leaders debate next Thursday. We've got ACT and Murray Party are both both there and last time I looked we were bigger than the sum of those two and the polls together. In fact I think we're over three times X. However TVNZ has clear criteria for deciding which of the smaller parties are invited. Either the leaders or their party are in parliament or if they are out of parliament have reached 3% in either one of the last two One News Colmar Brunton polls prior to the debate. That means currently on Friday the debate will include the leaders of ACT, the Māori Party, the Greens, New Zealand First and United Future. Gareth Morgan doesn't believe that's fair and wants the courts to decide. In a statement, TVNZ Head of News and Current Affairs John Gillespie says we will work through what issues arise and we stand by our criteria which has been that way for a number of years and is robust. It's not the first time politicians have gone to court to get into TV debates. Personally I think it's uh, uh, an important principle of democracy. Jim Anderton and Peter Dunn succeeded in a court challenge in 2005, while former Conservative leader Colin Craig also challenged TV3 and was eventually let into a debate in 2014. It gives them attention, um, and it's attention that they need. Meanwhile, it's not clear tonight whether New Zealand First Leader Winston Peters will attend the multi-party debate, despite accepting an invitation. And I've got to make a decision. TVNZ does have another One News Colmar Brunton poll out tomorrow, so Top could still hit the 3% mark that it needs to get in. Alright, Jessica, you were down at the court. Um, victory for TVNZ. There will be no Gareth Morgan in this debate. What was the judge's argument? Yeah, well, basically the judge said um, he could see both sides of it, that he could see that 
TVNZ had a certain criteria and that Gareth Morgan simply did not meet that criteria. He said that he didn't want to be involved in who could be in TV and who mm. couldn't. And he also didn't buy the argument that Gareth Morgan would be hugely affected by not being on this one debate because of course he has been on others. One of the other arguments that um, Gareth Morgan's team used was saying, oh look, Peter Dunn and Colin Craig fought that. The judge in this case said, look, although it was a similar situation, there weren't exactly the same details around that. So he said that that wasn't a valid argument. But yeah, basically it means that Gareth Morgan will not be getting a, a seat at the, that debate table and the poll tonight of course, reinforce that with his two percent. Yeah, two percent. Look, I guess he, he's you know he had a crack. He would have got a bit of publicity out of the fact that he's he's had a try. Um, but yeah, um, I guess it's going to be just back to the uh, campaign slog for Gareth Morgan. He's just going to have to keep fighting hard. It is it is always a challenge for any party coming in fresh to get to five percent. I don't think that's any secret, so um, good luck to him, he'll just have to keep campaigning hard. Yeah, he will, and I think that's what we'll see, but I think you're right, he has got a bit of attention this week, and for those minor parties, that's the main aim of the game leading up to the last two weeks of the campaign trail. Indeed, alright, that's it for us, uh, from us here at the TVNZ uh, headquarters in Auckland, this is Inside Parliament, not Inside Parliament as we've been saying, <laughs> Inside TVNZ, um, we will catch you again next week.